the one who knocks. Huh? Huh? Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Guys, your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to My First Time, the podcast all about the gaps in our pop culture resume. Each episode is our panel sits down to debate, dispute and discuss a much-loved classic. They'll be joined by the first-timer, someone who's never before experienced that cultural icon. Will they see what the fuss is or just be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hello. Aiden. Catchphrase. And this week we are developing a sense of deja vu as we tackle the Bill Murray classic Groundhog Day with special guest Rini. Welcome, Rini. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Uh, now, if you are listening at home and you are uh, a completist listener of ours, you might be thinking that we should be talking about poetry right now. But Yeah, I've got my turtleneck skivvy on ready. What's going on? And it looks dashing. <laughs> Thank you. As does the beret. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to wear them both. It's one of those things. I don't know how anyone else does poetry. So we're going to go to poetry, but the place that does the poetry closed in between the last podcast and this one. So that's unfortunate, but... I have a feeling that you might have your poem uh, handy for us, Aidan. I'd like you, for the listener that is devastated that they're not getting a poetry podcast, perhaps you could perform yours. <clears throat> sure. There's <laughs> a twist in this. I see when you... Don't tell me what's going to oh. happen. No, I just, Spoiler just, alert. See whether you can work out where oh, this is going. Oh, the sixth sense. There's a this... really big twist coming up in it. <laughs> see whether you can work out where this is going. I always enjoy twists more when I know they're coming. <laughs> <clears throat> Said no one ever. <laughs> in the dead of night, looking on to the city I love. Is that the title of the poem? Serving <laughs> the... St- <laughs> sure. Let's call it... Yep. It's called In the Dead of Night. Yep. It's called In the Dead of Night. Okay, from the top. <laughs> from the top. <clears throat> That's written in my notes. I have to cough each time I start. In the dead of night, looking on to the city I love, surveying the streets, perched up high above, with vengeance on my mind, the rage inside grows, fists clutching tight, hidden by shadows. My ears prick up to a blood-curdling scream as I leap to attention, searching for the unseen. I kick into action and formulate a plan they won't get away because... You're Batman! I am Batman. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, Thank you. Thank you. That was uh, better than I expected. Yeah, that was good. I really Fun. enjoyed that. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Uh, did you use like any like rhyming.com sort of help? Or was that all you? I'd love to say it's all me, but yeah, Rhyme Zone did play a small part. <laughs> My grade sevens love Rhyme Zone. <laughs> I worked out the line I wanted to end with and worked my way up. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, thank you for that, Aiden. Rini, let's get back to the topic at hand. Groundhog Day. Why do you think that you hadn't seen Groundhog Day? Is there a reason? Uh, I think I'd put it in the same category as like Caddyshack yep. and other kind of 
I don't know. Um, so you've Chevy, seen Chevy Chase, um, Dumb and Dumber, like yeah. just a stupid guy movie. Okay, stupid guy movie. So Wait, you... does that mean all guys are stupid or there's stupid guys in this film? No. Because I take offence to both. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that I've offended you because <laughs> we're very uneven on that score already. Um, I don't know you've what offended you're... me many times. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> with uh, three guys here in the studio talking to one woman. Um, yep, keep going. <laughs> Can you recall the time Aiden has offended you the most? Oh, gosh. Or is there just too many to There's plot? so many. <laughs> So many. I like that I've made a lasting memory in somebody's mind. The annoying, the really annoying thing is that the last thing that I can remember Aiden saying, I actually really agreed with. <laughs> so now you get more annoyed if you agree with Aiden. Yeah, and that it was about um, like guys liking uh, certain kind of movies or TV shows more because the protagonist is an a hole. Sure. And yep. like yep. women just prefer nice people yep. being nice. Which was a reference to uh, the last episode that we did with Kirby Amos where we did Curb Your yeah. Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No, I've got agreed. a lot to offer. I've got a lot to I offer in opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thrilled that you're most angry when you agree with him. I think that's an excellent place to be for you as a listener of this podcast. And now guest. Uh, so you've seen Caddyshack? No, I haven't. But you're just dumb. Dumb and Dumber? Are you are you a hater of that? I don't think I've seen much of that either. I've, well, then because just, they're all in that but category. But you just rejected of like, all of these films without examining them. Well, I think I've seen enough of them on TV to know that I wasn't interested. Okay, all right. But why did you pick Groundhog Day then, out of a bunch of what I would only describe as brilliant films? Um, <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> why Groundhog Day then? Uh, it was. The one like Forrest Gump that was on TV all the time. Yep. Oh, yeah. As it I was growing is up. It is on TV all yeah. the time. Still? I think it still I think so. is. But later time slots yeah. now, maybe. But yeah, growing up, it was like, I feel like every three months it was on again. It was yeah. on all the time. Yeah. Um, and. So it seems like it seems like a gap in my, what is it, pop culture resume? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You needed mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Yeah. What's your uh, general opinion of Bill Murray? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no love for Bill. Not really. Bill's sort of become uh, a bit like, a bit like I feel like Jeff Goldblum is in the yeah. space Bill Murray was in like five years ago, a where there's just mythical this kind of becoming this status, yeah, yeah, famed character where yeah. they just reach a certain age where now they're just suddenly so cool again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe his sort of lost in translation mm. resurgence, I think, was a yeah. good time for him. And Wes Anderson, I think, oh, did a goodness, lot for his yeah. sort of street cred. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's in yeah. a lot of I those. actually do like Wes Anderson films quite a lot, but I'd forgotten Bill Murray was Me in Me too. Some of them. See, we can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was some kind of test where we could work out a little bit about our guest today. Bing, 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 there is. Oh, yes! (laughs) All right, this is, as you would know, this is our pop culture yes, no. Only yeses or nos. Mm -hmm. Nothing in between, please. Are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. Cold Chisel. No. Jamie Oliver. Yes. McDonald's Monopoly. No. Taco Tuesday. What? Taco Tuesday. (laughs) Beethoven the Composer. Yes. Beethoven the Dog. Yes. (laughs) 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 Saying cheers before you first drink with someone. Yes. 
The Far Side. Mm, yes. Dr. Harry Cooper. <laughs> no. Eating breakfast foods for dinner. Yes. There you Britta. go. <laughs> you passed. <laughs> well done. That was great. <laughs> they were fun things. I had strong reactions. Yeah. Yeah. I like the distinction between like Beethoven the composer and Beethoven the dog. Yes. <laughs> Way more enthusiastic yeah. for the dog than for the composer. <laughs> yeah, I love dogs. <laughs> Our All dogs right. have dates. Yeah. Well, if you're listening at home and like our guest Rini, you've never seen Groundhog Day because it is a film for stupid men, then <laughs> perhaps you'd like to get a little bit of a rundown on what the film is all about. Put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. Groundhog Day is a movie that fluctuates in tone from sweet to cynical, from bitter to hopeful, from amiable to dark, and then back again. The Bill Murray starring vehicle plots the plight of Pittsburgh weatherman Phil Connors, who is dragged out for another year to the small town of Puxatawney to report on the traditional Groundhog Day event, wherein a small groundhog either predicts the early coming of spring or a late end to winter. Connors is in no way delighted by this task. Accompanied by veteran cameraman Larry, played by Chris Elliott, and rookie producer Rita, Andy McDowell, rude and mean-spirited Connors is desperate to get out of town and away from the Puxatawney Hicks he so despises. But when a blizzard traps the news team in, Connors is inexplicably stuck in a time loop. He wakes up day after day after day to relive the exact same day, Groundhog Day, in Puxatawney. From there, we, the viewer, ride Phil's emotions from reveling in his godlike ability to predict events he's endured hundreds or thousands of times to complete despair at being stuck in a hamster wheel of time doomed to relive the same moments for eternity. A romantic obsession with producer Rita finally leads Connors to make the most of his predicament and he begins to better himself learning new skills and abilities and finding ways to bless the locals, helping to save people from minor misfortunes, death and loneliness. Eventually, he pieces together the perfect day, and finally, as a new and vastly superior man, he awakes to find that tomorrow has finally come. Upon release, the film was a middling success, warmly received, but without enthusiastic fanfare. Since, though, it has become an absolute classic, even chosen by the US Library of Congress as a national film treasure. But, of course, the final say today goes to our first-timer, Rini. So, Rini is Groundhog Day, a classic comedic tale that inspires the viewer to make each day their very best. Or is it just a tired old comedy that needs no further repeating? I really liked it. Hey. <laughs> I was I was trying to get out of watching this. I was like, I picked the wrong thing. I want to watch something else. Yeah, you and... were messaging me saying, can we watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail instead? Yeah. Is this before you'd even hit play? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. like for the first maybe two minutes, I just like wanted to look at my phone. I was like doing all the research instead. I was like, oh, I really regret this because I was expecting it to be a stupid film. Uh, and then it just completely won me over. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> what point, was there a particular part of the movie that you can describe where you felt that the winning over had started? Uh, I think it was when Phil kind of stopped taking advantage of the situation and was like, how can I just kind of live day by day? And make that work for me. Well, that's a fair way into the film, though. 
I don't think he starts to better him himself yeah, is that until... The, would, we, would we call that the final act of the film? Uh, like the last third? I feel like he starts... I don't know. When, when you say, like, taking advantage of the situation... Uh, that could still sort of be in that first act where he's, he's sort of, uh, you know, he, he's well, he's, he's no, like picking up the lady by getting yeah, he's no longer the picking up the lady, but he's like saving the kid and kind of just that sort of second act, isn't it? Like it's maybe halfway. Late. It's pretty I agree. Late. Yeah. yeah. Can I throw it out there? Mm-hmm. Upon watching it as an adult recently, obviously for this podcast, is it the five stages of grief that he goes through? Ooh. Because yeah, the, I, I had the same thought. The first two days, he's kind of in denial and he doesn't quite understand. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, it can't be. There must be something wrong with me. He goes to see a doctor, all that sort of stuff. Then he gets really angry about the situation. Then he gets depressed and kills mm-hmm. himself a few times or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he finally has acceptance and tries to better himself and better the people around him. I think it's the five stages of grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is an astute observation. Yeah, that's right. I bring that the smarts you must to this have podcast. got from the internet. <laughs> I had the same thought. Why didn't I say it first? <laughs> ah, I got in there first. <laughs> I did see a YouTube video where they mentioned this. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you hadn't seen that video, of course, Aiden. <laughs> no, no, no. I, genu- I genuinely had this thought. <laughs> it's possible that I think of things on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, the five stages of grief is like anecdotal and not evidence based. Ooh. Look, I'm, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to psychology. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of doctors, though, uh, did we all pick up on who the doctor was in the film? Yes, indeed. Did you? Oh, yes, uh, the director. Yes, the legendary Harold Ramis. Yeah. Now, yeah. I wanted to pick up on the fact that all the films that you mentioned at the top of the podcast that you hated, Harold Ramis that made Groundhog Day... Made all those films as well. Really? Yeah. So he. But you, I, I like you said, I haven't seen them. Yeah. So was, I can't hate them. Yeah. He he pretty much worked with Bill Murray all throughout the eighties and did Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Two, uh, Stripes. He did National Lampoon's Vacation, Caddyshack, Groundhog Day, and then later went on to do like Analyze This, Analyze That, and some other type films. Yeah. Right. But a lot of those films that you mentioned, he had a big part in. Interesting. Might have to revisit my. My uh, thinking. <laughs> he doesn't get much credit for a pretty remarkable run of films there in the 80s and 90s, does yeah, he? No. He's not like a revered figure or anything. And he passed away, was it a year ago, two years ago? Uh, 2014. 14. Oh a couple of years goodness. ago now. I think he had quite the falling out with Bill Murray did, in later yeah. life. Uh, I, think it was, I think it was because of Groundhog Day. What? Yeah, I think it happened over the filming of Groundhog Day. Like, Bill Murray was hard to work with. Howard Ramis was... Uh, you know, yeah, struggling with him on set a lot, and I think it sort of happened around that time, '93, and never reconciled, from what I can tell. Yeah, that's sort of what I gather. I feel like I heard somewhere that maybe Bill Murray went and sort of apologized or something at one point, uh, but maybe it was a bit too late. Yeah, which is a shame because they are so good together as like director and actor, but also just together in Ghostbusters and things like that. Well, clearly I just got them. the best out of each other. Oh, and absolutely. maybe one wouldn't have been, you know, become the the person they were without the other. They yeah. seem, you know, their paths were so linked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just hope that doesn't happen between like Bill Murray and Wes Anderson because I feel like Wes Anderson and Bill Murray are just, oh, they're great together. <laughs> mm. But Wes Anderson uses a lot of people over and over and over. That's true. Whereas it feel like Harold pretty much just wrote movies for Bill Murray. Yeah. With him in mind. 
because he plays the lead in all of his films, really. Yeah, well, they had like a, I'm going to assume like a second city background together. Yeah, so National Lampoons, they worked on the magazine together, yes. and then they worked on, um, there was a short run TV show as well that yeah. sort of f- moved into uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. What else did you love about the film? Um, I liked that uh, they played the little chimes so that you knew when the magic was happening. <laughs> Do you guys hear that? <laughs> like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Twice, so good. And the first time I was like, oh, this is when it starts. Yep. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And also that you knew they were going to fall in love when the woman's hair was down. Um. <laughs> I guess it does follow those, yeah, late 80s, early 90s beats of yeah. a movie. You know, it's, it's all there. There's nothing remarkable about the film in and of itself. No, like, it's... Mm, I take umbrage to that. I think that the day-repeating scenario is pretty inventive. No, I think I think the story of it, but I mean, as a film, there's no like, incredible there's... cinematography. No, oh, exactly. no. Yeah. oh, what about the slow motion when the six comes that down? That is my oh, favourite bit of the film. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one bit in the <laughs> film that's gorgeous. a little bit out of the box. Yeah. yeah. That is cool. Um, that was your fa- that's your favourite part of the film? It's one of them. It's okay. beautiful. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so loud. <laughs> yeah, what do we really like? What do we make of uh, Andy McDowell as the sort of romantic interest... Andy fan? Uh, <laughs> yes, I think so. I liked her in this better than in like four weddings and a funeral. Mm, yeah. Um, I liked that she was a relentless optimist and chirpy person. Um, and I liked that she wasn't responsible for him getting better because she didn't know about it. Yeah. Mm. True. And I like that he could just actually... Never, because there's that period of the film where he's clearly just sleeping with every woman in Puxatawney that he can get to know and like oh, weasel yeah. his way, which, which oh. is an awkward section of the movie, right? It does like, hasn't aged well, has it's it? Not yeah. at all. Can we talk about the moment when he's trying to get Rita to sleep with him? Yes, mm. it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. He's like manhandling her; he won't let her go. Ugh, mm. yuck. And the and the creepiness of learning everything about yeah. her, and yeah. he, he gets casual with it. Like he starts listing what he won't buy for her yeah. in front of her, and she responds <laughs> to it. But it's just, it is really gross. And mm. I never, I, I haven't watched it for a long time. As a kid, obviously, I didn't, you know, wasn't repulsed. But these days, it just in this whole era, it's an awkward vibe, and really yeah. makes him quite almost villainous for that section Definitely. of the film. He was. Yeah, he was really unlikable to begin with, and I thought I had that moment where I could say he's doing that well because <laughs> I dislike him so quickly, so much, and then it was more subtle, but it was gross. Yeah, it was yeah. gross. And I it had... was after that that I liked the movie better. <laughs> I had the same thoughts yeah. while watching it, but I think the film does do a good job of saying that that's not the right way to go about it. Yes, I think that is the message. It comes of the to film. that, but you do have to sit through a lot of. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's a long road. Yeah, and, and what I think does redeem it is that in his sort of final perfect day, 
He doesn't actually do anything to try to impress her. Yeah. He's actually just living a good day. Like, he's just... He's helping out the mayor. He's helping out the mayor. He's having a good time. The ice sculpture was a little bit about her. (laughs) Maybe the ice sculpture at the very end. But he only got to that point because she decided to pay money for him at the the man auction, whatever that was. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so I think it sort of redeems itself because he doesn't use any tricks to yeah. finally win her over. Except I sculpt him. Except I sculpt <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't, like, there are a couple of kind of hints at, yeah, sexist jokes or homophobic jokes, but it doesn't make them kind of grand. Like, it doesn't mm, yeah. actually suggest they're funny because he's a part of it. And he's a we terrible don't like human him. being. At yeah. The yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's actually probably kind of ahead of its time in terms of how like progressive it was or politically correct it was. Yeah, if you I think compare it, just it with went something and, like Friends, I think it just yeah. went about mm. it the wrong way in some parts of the film. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm going to throw this to you, Eden. Yeah, Bill Murray's hard to hate even when he's playing a butthead, right? I, I do love Bill Murray. Like, he's just I, got yeah, a likableness. Yeah, but I, I I know so many people that hate Bill Murray, and I think it's completely understandable, because he always, well, I don't, he in that era of Bill Murray, he was always playing assholes, like total mm-hmm. assholes, like uh, in Ghostbusters, Scrooged. definitely an asshole. Oh, Scrooge, that's Condescating. a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like, I kind of got the opinion as a kid that he would be like that as an actual person. And I don't know, maybe he is kind of like that, but I, yeah, I, I still always loved him. I would always watch a Bill Murray movie because yes. I knew that I was in for a good laugh. Has well, he ever actually stopped playing characters like that? Like even some of his recent work, like St. Vincent, he's that yeah. awful grizzly neighbour and eventually he becomes the heart of gold guy that helps yeah. out the neighbours. What's in translation? But... He starts off pretty like detached and removed yeah, very cold. Yeah. He did have that great cameo in uh, <laughs> Dealing Li- Limited. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that, that is, is good yeah, too. Yeah. And the zombie world one where he yeah, plays himself. Pretty good. I won't give anything else away. <laughs> what was the first Bill Murray film we all saw? What's the one that sticks in your mind when you think of Bill Murray? I think Lost in Translation. Okay, very recent. Uh, probably Ghostbusters. Probably Ghostbusters. The earliest I can go. You, Dan? I forgot the name of it. Hang on. <laughs> It's a big impression you made. Uh, is it the Life Aquatic would oh, be the one that oh, appeals okay. to me? Uh, that was the first time I was like, "Ooh, I really like Bill Murray." I think for me, it was either Ghostbusters, Stripes, mm. or Groundhog Day. It's really yeah. tough for me to know which one I saw first because they were very much around the time mm. when Dad was showing me his favorite films. Yes, and yeah. they probably were within a couple of weeks of each other. Yeah, well, Groundhog Day would be the first Bill Murray film I ever saw, but it wasn't the film that made me go, "Bill Murray." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What about the first uh, Annie McDowell thing you saw? Because for me, it was the Revlon commercials. <laughs> yes. yes. I, thought, I thought she did her best work in those ones. <laughs> uh, what has Andy yeah, McDowell been, in? been up to lately? Yeah. Oh. I don't think that she even really acts. I think she's sort of one of those semi-retired yeah. actors. Cool. Yeah. I respect that when people can just, like, leave the industry. Yeah. She had a fairly big... Uh, Career though in that era, right? Like early nineties. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She was in. She everything. was like the it girl yeah, for a while. Was. She's done a lot of TV recently, um, doing things like Cuckoo. I've never heard of it. Oh, but Cuckoo's great. Done several seasons. Jane by Design. Um, there's a lot of stuff. She's been acting this whole mm. time, just oh, not in successful things. Obviously. What was some back. of her early work that 
we might have seen. Was she sex lies and video tapes? Tapes. <laughs> tapes. Um, yep, sex lies and videotapes, um, four weddings and a funeral, Groundhog Day, and Hudson's Hawk are the four films that IMDb says is oh. what she's known for. Well, nice. then, four weddings and a funeral, which I've already embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> embarrassed. I've already mentioned which is embarrassing. Embarrassingly, yeah. <laughs> I think she's got that sort of in this film. Like she's obviously very good looking, but there is something also sort of like a bit every woman about her look as well. Like she's not like a catwalk type beauty. You know, there's a, something about it where I think you know, she she's successful in this sort of film because she just has this believable everydayness about yeah. her. And like you said, Rini, like the sort of unwavering optimism, I think, is like... So charming. So charming. Super charming. There's not a moment in the movie where you kind of go cold on Andy McDowell's character because she's great. She's, Mm. yeah. She's the reason you keep watching. Yes. I think for some of it. Talk about some of the uh, minor characters in the film that stand out. Because you oh. see a lot of them because uh, of the repeating nature oh of the God. day. Oh, my gosh. But also the first five minutes, you'll, I was like, oh, my gosh, that person's from Sex and the City. Oh, my gosh, that person's that guy. Like, there were so many <laughs> yeah. actors that have been in so many things since. For me, it's all about Ned. Yeah, it's got to be Ryan Ned. Ryan 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 is the Oh, yeah. that first step, it's a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Curtis, I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy, Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing! It's so quotable because you hear these lines over and over throughout the film. Mm. That's why these things stick in your mind. You hear them five times just in the one film. Yeah. And of course, uh, the uh, the mayor, played by Bill Murray's brother. Ah, oh, uh, really? Yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> He's been in a few other things as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I recognised him and his voice. Yeah. particularly. He's got a really standout yeah. voice. And he actually and- sounds like he might also be the radio host. They have a very similar <laughs> voice. And I was listening to it, I was like, they sound extremely alike. I yeah. wonder if he just sort of slightly changed his voice <laughs> to just quickly record that radio loop they play again and again. Potentially. I like Chris Elliott too, the sort of loser cameraman, Larry. Yeah, I liked him. He sort of has a sort of a charming, but like... Horrific. Horrific (laughs) person vibe. Like you'd hate to be stuck in a car with him on a long trip. Mm. I really liked the groundhog. Uh, to Tawny Phil. In yeah. the, <laughs> actually, in, multiple groundhogs, according yes. to Wikipedia. Well, I've oh, actually met sense. the groundhog. Excuse me? What? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, what? I've, I've met Phil. Because uh, uh, when I was in America, I drove around upstate New York and went through Pennsylvania, and I went through Punxsutawney. It's not where they filmed the movie, but they do have a library uh, in Punxsutawney where you can go and see Phil. It's got Phil's enclosure and uh, where he lives throughout the year. When, when, he's... You, when you say How Phil, old? you mean yeah. the one that's in the film or the one that yeah. they use everyday life or what? <laughs> for, for their regular groundhog use. Yeah, because that's yeah. a real thing. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, yeah. so it, yeah, it's a real thing. Uh, no, it, it, I don't know if they used 
actual Phil in the movie because it was filmed in Chicago. But, but yeah, that's still pretty. <laughs> but cool, I have met though. the yeah, I've so met cool. the real Phil. Yeah, and Punxsutawney is just littered with groundhog statues and signs. It's insane. I thought it wasn't a real place. What yeah. kind of name is that? <laughs> and not only that, I went up to Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> Yeah, that made Gobblers? me laugh. Gobbler's knob. Did I we... thought it was cobblers. No, no it is no. gobbler's knob. Gobblers. <laughs> no. no, no. Oh my gosh, I corrected someone as well when they called it gobbler's knob. I was like, shut up. Yeah, like, I just thought gobblers that would be sexy, funny. <laughs> the uh, Bill Murray in one of his interests. Actually, I'm very impressed by his character in the film. Although uh, for much of it, he is uh, not a lovable person. Yeah. Like, why does he keep turning up to record these intros? Like, that's a good point. Surely, after the second or third one, you're like, well, but I think that I'm not going to bother with that. I think that we're only seeing some of those times where he goes to work because, as Harold mm. Ramis has said, this movie go like he is stuck in the loop for like 400 years or something. Like, like yeah. years, an insane. Years. I don't yeah. think it's 400, but I did try to count and lost count, but I got to roughly a year. Okay. That's what I Oh no, it's, it, it is much more than that. It is much more than that. Right. Based on what? Oh, uh, just some of what uh, Harold has said in yeah. interviews. Okay. There's also been like, I read something, there's been like, someone's tried to properly study, like, how long would it take you to learn ice sculpting? And, yeah. Uh, and playing the piano. How long would it take piano. you to become yeah. an expert on the piano? Mm-hmm. And it was a phenomenally long period of time. Like, yeah. when you actually put a number to it, it's like, wow, he was literally in hell. Like that. Yeah. It, this is not even within a lifetime. He was there multiple, multiple lifetimes. They reckon. Mm. But the so biggest that's... issue is that now he, now he goes on and he's got all that money spent on life insurance, all the different types he's stuck with for the rest of his life. I know. That's my question. That's Do you think he <laughs> remains the excellent person he ends the film Ooh. as once time? continues to move forward. Well, I guess we'll find out in the straight-to-DVD sequel, Grand Oh, my God, there's a sequel? No. (laughs) You had me. There is a musical. I really wanted to know how he ended up. I I didn't think he was going to because it was, like, all about how he was taking advantage of the situation. But then I think, yeah, he had enough practice that it was legit. You think yeah. it's it's real? It's, yeah. it's real revelation. I'd like to believe it, but that's because I'm like Rita. <laughs> I'd like to believe it too. Yeah, me too. I think he would stay. I think he would mm. have now changed and become a good person by the nah, end. Nah, see, I think he moves <laughs> to New York and goes and fights ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about how long he was in that day and how like he still loves her character over and over and over. Like, it's got to have rubbed off. Mm-hmm. To me, one of the great things about the film is that you don't know why he's stuck in the yeah. loop. It's not explained. There's no reason given. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes the film so much better because I think any explanation would have been sort of hokey and terrible. Mm. I had that on my notes as well. You, there's no way that this film would be released in 2018 and not have an explanation. Yeah. Every film feels the need to have like, mm. oh, the bartender's got magic powers <laughs> or he accidentally got a curse on him or something. Yeah. Like, mm. there's no explanation. You're right. And I love that about the film. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Two things, though. I was thinking about, like, the original story of this is kind of a Christmas carol. In what way? Like, where, you know, it's got, like, the ghost guides and it's, like, trying to get, um, is it Scrooge? Scrooge, Yeah, Yeah, to, like, improve his behavior. Yeah, there's similarities, for Um, sure. And he's kind of, like, 
you know, stuck in this awful situation that he can't get out of, but he's got these guides. And I was like, yeah, this movie doesn't have that. He doesn't know how he's going to get out of it, but he does keep checking that he's going to get out of it. Like he assumes that eventually he is going to have to do something uh, to get himself out of it. He's the common denominator. Yeah. Mm. So coming back to the question about like whether he remains a good person, like his changing was self-serving. Yeah. Mm. The original version of the script had no explanation. Studios, as they do, like to meddle with things that work well. And it was rewritten. So the second version of the script was rewritten so that in the first scene, you see him dump a girlfriend. And then she turns up as in, in Parks be- Tawny. As in before he as like, in, even leaves. Yeah, the- yeah. So very right. first thing while he's still in Pittsburgh, he dumps his girlfriend. She turns up in Parks Tawny and cast a curse oh on him God. that he will be stuck reliving the oh. same day 10,000 times. I'm so glad that. And the writer that. was just yeah. so sad about it. Like, oh, this is just awful. Spoke to Harold nice. and <laughs> only with Harold's insistence did the studio let go and agree that it can be an unexplained oh. mystery why oh this God. day repeats itself. So good. Yes. Why? Why? Why are studios so bad? They are terrible, aren't it's they? Terrible. Like, I, I can't believe that they would try and, like, just ham-fist an explanation in. It doesn't need it. <laughs> How crap would the movie be if a girlfriend cast a spell? A hex on you! <laughs> yeah, that's what like, what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But that's what all these films are yeah. like, and that's what yeah. makes this better than all those Freaky Fridays, yeah. uh, Girlfriends Past, all those sort of films where there's where the problem is stuck the, in, they can't work it out. Yeah, and it makes it. the it makes the uh, the protagonist not have as much agency essentially because he the, that that person doesn't have to do anything. Like they need to fix the curse, not mm. themselves. Yeah, or, true. You know, it's, yeah. Oh, the other thing, maybe a little bit like uh, in the Charles Dickens one you were talking about with the guides, is that films of this era often have uh, what other people, not me, have dubbed the magical black person. <laughs> you know, who's like who what? just yes. It's and a there thing. is a it's bartender a in the film that I thought. Oh, I reckon at one point that might oh, have been could have had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. The, the magical black person is a film trope. <laughs> Where imagine Groundhog Day, but every now and again he enc- he encountered like a 50, 60 year old black man or black woman who gently nudged him along to be like, yeah. and then it, and it would end Played like with him Freeman. doing the good thing, <laughs> and then just like through the window as the clock's about to strike six and he's about to progress to the next day, we would just see the magical black person through the window like yeah. nod their head in a tap, tap and then in his pocket, move watch. off into the horizon. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. tap at their watch. Yeah. yeah, so it's a real trope that a lot of films have used, and I was like. I'm so glad there's none of that crap. Yeah. The Legend of Bag Advance is yes. the first one that comes to mind for me. And I think that's the one that killed it. I think a lot of people yeah. saw that and and there was a, actually not, a bit of an uproar about it. Not that it. Will Smith did anything wrong and will ever do anything wrong. He is uh, a god amongst men. but um, no, He's done yeah. plenty wrong. Uh, no, he has not. After Earth. The way he raised his children, Hancock. maybe. <laughs> After these messages... Okay, let's get recent. Eden, what yes. are you enjoying of the moment? Of the moment, I am enjoying a. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, I was. I'm, no, okay, I've got. A, I got. Ooh, okay, you're nervous. What's yeah, going on? on your okay, brow. No, okay, okay, I've got two things that I'm going to push. What? And I, 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 I'm just going to start doing it. You're and I'm not gonna, I, no, no, okay. 
I uh, got told by a fan Which uh, who listens to our podcast. A fan. <laughs> a f- our fan. <laughs> um, who uh, heard that I was like into true crime podcasts. And oh, uh, You're not doing true crime podcast again. I'm just letting you know that it's I okay, was... okay, Dan. I'm going to turn his mic off once he gets no, this. No, damn it. No. <laughs> Keep going. Come on. Yeah, no, our I'm fan's name is it. Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. And he recommended a little podcast called Small Town Dicks. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's uh, it's I hosted. feel like I'm there now. It's uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Is that a burn on this studio in particular, or on <laughs> no, the, the greater city company. of Adelaide? <laughs> <laughs> Tough. Um, it's hosted by Yardley Smith and Zibby Allen. Yardley Smith is the voice of Lisa Simpson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it follows two twins, two identical twins who are both detectives, Dan and Dave, as they investigate violent sex crimes and such. It's kind of, it's great. It's super dark and sometimes funny. It's cool. There's a good one uh, oh, recommendation. Damn it, I also want to recommend uh, Hiking with Kevin. Oh, it's, it <laughs> sounded like somebody said something, but I can't <laughs> hear them. I, it's not, oh, there we are. I think someone said kayaking in heaven. So uh, <laughs> go check out <laughs> kayaking that is. in Hiking heaven. With Kevin. Hiking with Kevin. It's a YouTube channel. <laughs> it's with Kevin Neal and it's hilarious. All right, moving on. Aiden. I have been really enjoying Jim Carrey's new dramedy, Kidding. It's on Stan, if you want to check it out in Australia, or it might be HBO in America, Showtime, one of those ones. Uh, and it's basically about a guy that works at like a play school or a Sesame Street, and his son dies, and this happens before the series starts, but the series starts just after his son has died and his wife has left him and their whole life is falling apart. And he has to go on TV and talk to kids in a happy way each day. And hilarity and heartbreak ensues. Have you done the whole season? It's week to week at the moment. So we're up to episode five or six. Six, And if you like boobs, uh, it's plenty of those. But there's also plenty of laughs, plenty of dramas. (laughs) Only you would have to mention the boobs. Uh, I wish I could... I put that out as a spoiler because I know that uh, I know that there's there's a it's not as I, I say that because it's not as um, kid friendly as you would think from all the posters that are out there. It looks like a very happy, fun show, and there's actually quite a lot of um, dark, scary type stuff. A bit like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 excellent. I've seen it too. It's got like Judy Greer and Catherine oh, Keener. Just stop in trying it. to recommend everything. It's You've great, had two mate. I'm you can't <laughs> steal his as well. No, I'm going to recommend all three of those things that I've mentioned. <laughs> but don't hold that against the show. <laughs> Over to you, Rini. Uh, I'm going to recommend a podcast called. It's very rude. <laughs> <laughs> Is it called My First Time? It's called <laughs> Harry Potter oh. and the Sacred Text. Yeah. Explain. Uh, so it's... Is this fan fiction? No, it's not. Um, Is this it's... your own, your own <laughs> fan fiction <laughs> podcast? No, it's two people who are, work uh, in the Harvard Divinity School and they go through the Harry Potter books chapter by chapter and analyse them through a particular theme and then they will do like... Bible reading style uh, interpretations of like a particular sentence. That is the most specific podcast ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're up to book five and it's just really lovely. It kind of makes you think about the books in a new way, even if you've read them many, many times like I have. Perfect I know how person, you guys desperate feel for a bit of religion, HP. but not from religion. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm not religious at all, but it gets me. 
I've actually heard really good things about this podcast. Uh, oh, shut yeah. up, Ethan. <laughs> always, always trying to recommend Kirsty, my wife listens to it all the time and oh. absolutely adores Turn it. Turn his mic off for the <laughs> no, rest uh, of the episode. Ian's done. Dan, what are you enjoying at the moment? I am really hesitant to recommend this because although Eden didn't recommend me the book, I read it because of uh, Eden's own love of Stephen King. I really wish I had something else now, given how this segment has gone. <laughs> but I read my very tonight. first uh, Stephen <laughs> King novel. Uh, it's published this year or last year. Yeah. I think it's very. It's his most recent, called The Outsider. I don't know how to compare it to other Stephen King, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought it was very tense, very gripping. Not like like the action is slow, but the emotional stakes are always high. The description is incredible, and it, and it feels cinematic. It, it's very. It, it's a really. I don't know, you get a clear vision of the world that he's writing about, so I really liked that. It wasn't the perfect novel, but I certainly was a page-turner, and I, I read it in just, like, two or three days. I was uh, I was gripped. No, it's probably a slight exaggeration, but within a week, and I hadn't read a book for, like, a year, so, you know. What was it called again? The Outsider. Mm. You're welcome, Dan. You, you haven't even read the book. No, I haven't, but I've got you onto Stephen King. Oh, my Shut goodness. Did you notice that uh, the Pennsylvania poke polka started in Scranton? Really? Mm. Nice. I also went to Scranton. It started <laughs> in Scranton. It's now number one. For the office? <laughs> dum, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the song that kept playing over? I yes. love that song. I loved it too. It's been yeah. in my head all day. Oh, yeah. It's impossible to get out. And I really like when they go back to, you know, so second time round or third time round where he's getting a little more, bit more concerned that sort of goes into the, like, sort of like a light, little minor key or something, so it sounds really quite Ooh. off-putting oh, and a bit weird. That. Yeah, Let's move on to the scores. Category number one, iPhone test. You've already admitted that you were heavy on the phone to start. What was the situation by the end? Uh, it, I barely pulled it out, which is unheard oh. of for me, I think. Uh, yeah, and the first two minutes it was like more of my attitude than what was actually in front of me. So um, how do I score? <laughs> uh, five if it's great, zero if it's, it's terrible. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Nice. Solid. I've seen this movie a lot, and it is a movie of repetitiveness. Yes. <laughs> My phone was out a fair bit. I think you have to grade uh, it without... I am, I am. I still think that it is probably not... Uh, I know. I, I, I found it less gripping... Than a four. I actually just remembered that I was like it was twenty minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna like balance it out to a three. I'm going four. I think it's edited brilliantly that it really just like cuts, 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 cuts mm. instead of dragging it out and then you see the whole thing. It really only does the whole thing once mm. and then it picks and chooses which parts it wants to repeat. Yeah, four. I was in four I the whole way. It did that really well. Four from me as well. Not a four for my last viewing, but in general, definitely a four. And even when the scenes are very close, the, the small variations are still really good. Exactly. And, and, it, and it changes tone so much. It goes from the really dark mm. to the joyful. Mm-hmm. And then he's helping that old man, but he keeps dying and like your heart breaks and <laughs> there's a lot going on. Mm. Cultural significance. Well, uh, the... The expression of Groundhog Day comes from this movie, yes, right? Yeah. Like, can you get bigger than that? Yeah. That is, like, I didn't know what came first, 
because of how big the influence of it is. It was only like after research that I was like, oh, it's definitely from this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, having said that, like, is it significant now in 2018? Like, depends who you're hanging out with. Yeah, maybe not. But do you feel like, you know, it's sometimes you just watch something and you're like, oh, this feels a gap. Like, I've actually experienced something that is yeah. significant. Well, look, there was no, like, I don't feel like I can go and quote it, which upsets me. Um, so I'm going to give it a three. Hmm. I'm going to go four, I think, because I feel, I, I, I can't think of another movie before Groundhog Day that did that cycle, you know, just like a guy stuck in a day or something. Um, there are movies that had like, you know, uh, yeah, an alternate timeline or like, a, you know, he goes into some other place for a date and, and freaks out Twilight Zone episode kind of thing. But I think this kind of started that whole trope. So I'm going to go four. Yeah, I agree. I think this almost ruined that for other films <laughs> because if ever uh, there's a film that wants to do a repetitive day type thing, it's a oh, it's just a rip off of Groundhog Day, Edge like of Tomorrow. Ha- it's basically exactly. Groundhog Day. Exactly. That's the the Tom Cruise one, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go three and a half. You're right though. It it's been a long time since it was released, and there's not big quotable moments. There's no show me the money or whatever <laughs> it is. There's lots of fun little quotable things if you like the film, but cultural significance, mm. quotes, not so much. A if you quote it, other people are not going to be like, oh, hey, yeah. and like get super excited in a <laughs> general yeah. circle of people. Also, hasn't it been on The Simpsons? Yeah, I can't think of any Simpsons. No, I I looked it up. There was like a fan fiction thing of somebody that had <laughs> like done a day in the life of like Krusty repeating. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think it's probably a three for me. No doubt it's given us the phrase Groundhog Day to describe that sort of situation. That is about it. Like, yeah, like I said, there's no quotable moments. It, it didn't win any Oscars or anything. It, it's it's a pleasant, enjoyable movie uh, that gave us a catchphrase. That's about <laughs> it. Returnability. Ironic category. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, am I going to go watch it again? Or go see the stage play somewhere? The musical? I would like to see the musical. But I've heard some of the soundtrack, and it wasn't great. <laughs> I I want the songs from the movie to be in the musical, and it didn't seem like they were at all. What can you remember? What they might have been singing about in I, any of the songs? No, like what I, parts I, got I really tuned song? out. <laughs> like I, all all I remember was that the music seemed kind of bland. I'm gonna do some research and edit yeah. and chuck some in here. <laughs> to buy a dance with 1005 weatherman Phil Connors. $5. Well, the bidding has begun at $5. $7.50. $10. $339.88. Miss, you do understand you're not actually buying this person. (laughs) (laughs) Phil! Phil! Drove out of town, took a right onto a northbound highway. Was it really only yesterday? 
I've spent a lifetime seeking signs, reading lines, trying to forecast the future. Always staying a day ahead. Well, that was the idea, but I'm here. Uh, so, yeah, back to returnability. I'm not going to. One. Oh, slap. Sorry. Eden. I'm going to go three. I've I've seen it a lot sort of recently. I feel like I've seen it once or twice just in the past few years. I need a break before I can come back to it. It's a three. I reckon it's a three and a half for me. (laughs) I could watch this again quite easily, but you're right. It needs to be a few years between. But every time I do watch it, I really enjoy it. Uh, Yeah. I'm going really high because... I think you guys are forgetting the fact that you've given it a low score because you've seen it so many times. Oh, it's returnability is lowering that score. Yeah. You're right. I'm going to I'm going to bump mine up to four. You're right. I'll allow it's that. It's a great film. All right, you're giving me the look. I'll go to four. <laughs> Everyone's Jesus. going to four. I'm Everyone. Yeah, one. You're on four as well. What? No, no, not you. Not you. You're on two point no, five. No, I will also. <laughs> All right, hold on a second. <laughs> we can we can just like convince people now to change their scores. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finally there. Full blown corrupt scoring. No, I'm thinking like if it was on TV in a couple of years' time. Nine, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I had nothing better to do, I'd be there. I'd, so you want to revise yeah, your one? Yeah, stay on that channel. Are you revising your one? Yes. To a... To... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. That's good. All right. Uh, partner friendliness. Good date night film. Good one to, uh, you know, burn a, burn a night on the couch. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think it's a really good date night. It's really feel good. Uh, you know, somebody going through a nice transformation. Like Pucks they're in it for the right good, reasons. I, right? <laughs> I don't get it. Your name's Phil too? <laughs> Just like the groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. I actually did watch it though with my partner. Ah. And I was like trying to get his rating without asking <laughs> I was like, eh, 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 what'd you think? How First was it? First time for him as well? Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, he was, like, he didn't fall asleep, and he didn't really get out his phone, but he was like, it was okay. So I think that was a three. Uh, that was that was him though. A better partner would say <laughs> uh, would say a five. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, nice. Excellent. I'm going to go four. I think it's a good date movie, but the some of the scenes in there that I think have aged poorly might make it a bit weird. <laughs> like when he's being a bit like forcible, if you had your arm around them, you might yeah. sort of oh, should I, yeah, exactly. should I lift that? <laughs> yeah, I reckon 4.5. I honestly think this is almost a perfect date movie. Like it, it's a love story. It's fun. I think guys would enjoy it and girls would enjoy it. Like, most rom-coms, a guy will usually get pretty bored, but this isn't a rom-com. It's a comedy. It's a perfect blend, but he is a jerk, and he turns his life around. They get together in the end. I think it's 4.5. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna slug it a solid four again, 
So, yeah, high scores here. I think we could be in for a change in the leaderboard. <gasps> we'll return after these messages. All right, Rini, we have you in here to talk about something you've watched for the first time. Let's uh, I'll get you to talk about something you've watched or listened to or experienced a whole lot of because you love it. What mm-hmm. is that thing? And tell us a bit about it. Yep, okay. Uh it's a book series called The Oban Newton Chronicles, uh, which is written by an Australian author, Isabel Carmody. It's actually pretty amazing because she started writing them when she was 13 and she wrote the first book, which is arguably the best. Is it mostly pictures because she was 13? <laughs> no, it's a great novel. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then she writes another seven, but it took her until she was like 60 to finish. So if you were, yeah. Yeah, so they were written over decades and lots of people were waiting for them for that long. So around what year was the first one written? I don't know, long before I Like 60 years ago? Is she still alive? Is she still ticking? Yeah, she's still alive. Still writing Shout out to Isabel. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's still writing other books. But not this series. This series is done. It's done, yeah. Okay, and you love this series. You've read it multiple times. Yeah, it's about a nuclear holocaust. Oh, yeah, fun one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, it, yeah, it's in the future, but it's kind of set in the past um, because everything's really backward. And there's a lot of metaphor about, um, like, animal rights, mental health, disability, religion, and government suppression. Do you yeah, think it's really cool. It's all intentional. That seems like a lot for a 13-year-old to tackle. Or do you think she didn't quite mean it, but you can now sort of read that stuff into it? I think that maybe the first one was more kind of pure in its story and then she layered it as she uh, got older and her writing got more sophisticated. So the first one, is it a bit like teen novelly, like... It's fantasy, but, yeah, but it's not yeah, like When you're 13, Twilight. can you write something that is like going to appeal to someone who's 40, like if they're reading it as a 40-year-old? It's hard for me to be objective about that because I it's your started grandma, reading it. It's your grandma, isn't it? Your grandma wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I started reading it as a kid, so I don't know if mm. an adult would enjoy it. Maybe if somebody could read it who's 40 and get back to us and... Let us know. Dan. Good idea. Yeah, hit us up on uh, Instagram or uh, Twitter with your with your. Uh, what's the what's it called again? The Oban Newton Chronicles. The Oban Newton Chronicles review. If you're a forty year old uh, person out there who's never read it before, the scores are in by a very narrow margin here of one point one two five of a point. <laughs> Groundhog Day is the number one rated pop cultural experience. Impossible. You know why? It's because he made us raise our scores. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make you. I pointed out a fact that you recognized and (laughs) hence raised your own scores. It's a worthy winner. It just knocked off The Shining into second place and live wrestling now in third place. (laughs) I can't believe it. The numbers are just consistently high. Your two for returnability was the lowest number it had. And it's very rare for one of us or our guests not to be chucking in a zero or something like that. Maybe Aiden. 
Just yeah. good, solid, <laughs> middle-of-the-road numbers. One, five, a few fours, a few but threes. Very middle-of-the-road, but yeah, got there. That's incredible. I, I do think middle-of-the-roadness... <laughs> Is a is a bit of a boon no, because let's just recognize it's a good film. We all it, enjoyed it. it no, good, it is. It is a it good is. movie. But yeah, maybe because also like there's no one hating it, so there's no low scores coming uh-huh. out. Not might not be heaps of high scores, but it means that there's a good four people giving it decent scores. There were heaps of high scores though. We all gave fours. it fours. Yeah, like yeah. that's True. almost as high as you can give it. No, I think it's a. I think it is deserved number one just for its all roundedness. And of yeah. course, that's just for our four categories, but. It is a great film that a lot of people uh, love, and that has stood the test of time. It's like mm. something like still today, like ninety six percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Yeah. It, it's it's sort of universally all the critics. I was reading as I was uh, researching for the the intro part. Most of the critics that sort of gave it three stars have sort of gone back and revisited their reviews and, and talked about, you know, why it's actually better than that in hindsight. Did they go so. back the next day and then the next day and then the next day? <laughs> I've got a question for you, Radio Man. Uh, you're a music programmer for a uh, non not to be named commercial radio station. On the day that he wakes up and it is tomorrow, mm-hmm. the same song is playing at the exact same time. Yep. What's the chances of that actually happening? Uh, okay. If it's country radio, I'd say you got a one in five chance. If it's commercial, uh, commercial metro radio, uh, that person's not doing their job well enough if it's the same song popping up once a fortnight in that same spot. Okay. I'd say uh, Puxatawney is probably pretty close to community radio yeah. or country radio. It's an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. Like, so Pittsburgh's pretty small. I, I have graphs and data that I study. Graphs? To... <laughs> Excuse me. Graphs? Did you just come on to... Did you just come on to my podcast and correct me? Excuse me? You also said ensures earlier instead of ensues. <laughs> You're letting your hatred yeah. of his opinions. Uh, wow. You've been looking for this attack moment. He's Victorian. There's... Oh, right. That's some brain damage issues. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you come into my studio? Can we turn his then... mic off now? <laughs> I control the buttons. No. <laughs> Are you going to play Push the Buttons by Sugar Babes? <laughs> anyway, the point is, yeah, that, I, I make sure that doesn't happen, and a good music director should do the same. Interesting. <laughs> but my wife did ring me literally two days ago and go, hey, you and another radio station are playing the exact same song at the exact same time. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, "Put it, I won't name them. Put on this one Put on and put on you guys. <gasps> and I was like, yep. Wow. Yeah, wow. it, there is that chance that does happen. Wow. <laughs> That's the way it is. Um, Rini, before you go, anything that you'd like to plug in general for the citizens of Adelaide or for listeners beyond? Uh, I'm going to recommend for the citizens of Adelaide or uh, people who are visiting and want to have a good time, uh, On The Fly Improv, which is a, an organisation here in Adelaide that uh, does classes uh, on a Wednesday night, hit them up on their website. Um, it's also just a great kind of meetup for lots of improv troops around the place. It's um, actually pronounced tropes. <laughs> oh. 
Wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> and on that point, uh, thank you so much for coming in, Rini. Uh, we'll let you and Aiden duke it out off air. Uh, what do you think? Is uh, Groundhog Day worthy of being our number one? Hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Send us your opinions. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear them. Thank you for listening. Catch you next time.